Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with the PC Multiverse. Gerald Glassford, thanks so much for watching this. I truly appreciate it. He is back once again on the show. Long time no here. Well, it's been about a month, but still. That's too <laughs> far that and too long away because he is a busy man indeed, but it's good to have him back. It is, of course, TJ Johnson. TJ. Good to have you here, my friend. Uh, just looking forward to a great conversation once again in pop culture. How's it going? Absolutely, my man. Thanks for having me on, as you always do so graciously. Thank you. Oh, glad to always have you here. I'm going to start off with Xbox, uh, because the rumors are rampant out there, that the company is leaning towards putting out a great deal of its products a lot sooner to the PlayStation platform, primarily. Other platforms included, you know, Nintendo and and whatnot. But yes, and of course, they already do PC for pretty much every release they do with PC Games Pass. But it's the thought of putting Starfield just over a year or around <laughs> a year uh, that it's out, Indiana Jones upon its release, and some other main titles including gears of war has also been mentioned to be put on a playstation platform this has enraged enraged audiences out there what are your thoughts my friend on this actual uh fiasco because the messaging from microsoft and xbox uh, has been uh, i guess criticized to endless detail in regards to the, the the fact that people are really upset in regards to the possibility that sea of thieves a six-year-old game will be going to to that platform and and uh also as well of course hi-fi rush has it looks like it may go to nintendo and nintendo switch what are your thoughts on xbox expanding out to possibly outside beyond the xbox platform microsoft they kind of set themselves up to be the, the swan song of the the, the, the the heroes, right? With this whole Blizzard acquisition and all of this, this vitriol that was coming between the the gaming community in regards to Microsoft. You know, people pick sides, whether they intended to or not. They picked the side and they, they made decisions based on some of the sides that they had already picked. You know, a lot of people picked uh, that they're going to go with Microsoft. A lot of people picked that they're going to stick with Sony and so the Microsoft fan base, and understandably so, would be frustrated that that Microsoft has, has bought up all this exclusivity, uh, bought up all these studios, and they were expecting to finally have something to really push back against PlayStation. I mean, if we're going to be frank, in the exclusivity uh, platform, if you will, PlayStation has been spanking Xbox, and it's not even close. It hasn't been close in a long time. So for Xbox owners and Xbox consumers, to finally feel like they had something, they had a, had a leg in the game, had a had a had a chance um, to all of a sudden feel like Microsoft is is not giving up, but looking at the bigger, looking at a, a bigger picture from the standpoint of they want to be 
in every household, on every device possible, on every any way possible, they want you to be able to play Xbox. As opposed to the Xbox community saying, we've been getting the crap kicked out of us for the last two generations in regards to game uh, exclusivity. Uh, just the, the titles that we have in general have just been subpar. They have not been anywhere near the caliber and quality of PlayStation. So with them feeling with us with them feeling like they finally had, you know, the studios to do it and all the different things that we could really put the pressure on PlayStation for Xbox to be like, mm, no, we're gonna we're gonna share the wealth, so to speak. It can be I can understand how it's disheartening to Microsoft consumers and the Xbox uh, Xbox ambassadors and people who are truly riding for team Xbox. Now, again, if if you've been if you've been really watching, you kind of you, you've seen this coming. You, you've seen this coming for a while. They've made it very clear that they're much more interested in the Xbox ecosystem and the Xbox Game Pass, which I'm hearing is looking to be called Microsoft Game Pass at some point here soon. So they've already kind of put that writing on the wall. Um, but a lot of us, uh, at, at times myself included, were so caught up in the the will they won't they Activision, the will they won't will they won't they. Um, in regards to Blizzard and and all of this and, and and Zenimax and all of these different things that Microsoft finally bought up, that you kind of forget that they've been positioning themselves to be exactly where they are now uh, for the last five six years. I mean, even going as far back as the Xbox One being a a system that had to be online only, they 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 kind of had already started gearing towards this online uh, ecosystem. Um, even if they hadn't fully fully committed to it, they were already dipping their toes in. So. It's not a surprise, but I can absolutely understand the vitriol and the, and the, the frustration from the Xbox community um, because the message has been so mixed, because um, there has not been a clear, yes, this is what we're going to do, no, this isn't what we're going to do. They have not made it clear if they're going to share um, exclusive, if they're, they're going to share Starfield, if they're going to share Indiana Jones. They've also just talked about the main Xbox exclusive, but now are we talking about being timely? Are we talking about, I think, the Xbox community wants to see them fight fire with fire. I, I really think they want to see the Xbox, uh, the Xbox brand have some teeth and 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 stick it to PlayStation. And they 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 want they want to have their comeuppance too. And what Microsoft is doing is they're saying we're not interested in getting one over on anybody. We're interested in making money. And from a business standpoint, you have to respect it. Um, but I can also understand from a brand perspective, it makes them look, it makes them look soft. It makes them look like they've been just taking a licking for the last couple console generations, and and they're just okay with that. And uh, I can understand their frustration. I really can. Well, the thing though is, when it comes right down to it, though, TJ, this year looks like a, a year that that Xbox can really take a step forward. I mean, they had their Xbox presentation recently. Uh, it did, uh, I guess, in my opinion, and a lot of other people's opinion, really look favorable against PlayStation. PlayStation, on the surface, does not look like this year will have the same kind of releases that Xbox will. So it seems kind of puzzling that Xbox would, uh, you know, the, the leaks out there on the story on, on whether or not they are going to go ahead to a more multi-platform purpose it seems kind of puzzling that Xbox would go in that direction, at least for this year, when it seemingly they have an advantage going into 2024. No, you're absolutely right, and and I think again there there lies some of the problem, right? 
they've been positioning themselves to have this fantastic year, and then on top of this fantastic year, oh, by the way, now we're going to start sharing all this stuff that we just spent all this money to acquire. We're going to start sharing it with everybody else, so that way the Xbox brand gets their name out there and is on available everywhere. Like I said, I completely understand both sides. Um, I can completely understand from a business perspective. It, it spreads Xbox across, you know, from sea to shining sea. It's almost like a manifest destiny for Xbox. So I, I get it from the business aspect, but from the consumer aspect, from the brand aspect, it you, you set yourself up to be in a really favorable position for the first time in this console generation, for the first time in the last two console generations. You set yourself up to be in a very, very favorable position, and this is what you're doing with the position that you've been put in. It, 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 it's, it's boggling. I, I, I'll be the first person to admit that the message is not very clear. And for somebody who is so good at, at PR and, and Phil Spencer, uh, for somebody who's so good at finding a way to talk and being the darling in the room and trying to, you know, the, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not speaking for the gamer. It doesn't sound like he's speaking for the gamer. It sounds like Phil Spencer is now leaning more towards the, the business side of it as opposed to the gamer side of it. And that is when you're going to start to lose, when you start to kind of forget about who you, your core audience, right? It's almost like, when we make when they make these Marvel films and they try to expand and, and, and make it for everybody but forget the core artists of people that they've actually made them for, it starts to become a, a watered down diluted product. And I think that's what we're starting to feel or fear that Microsoft will start to do as well. TJ, I want to ask you this as far as the Xbox conversation is concerned. What would you do in regards to it? If you were running Xbox what would you do at this point in time? Because for me, I would still continue to write it out. I think that Xbox has the best value in mm-hmm. console gaming over Nintendo and PlayStation. If you look at a price point, what they offer, Xbox Games Pass, uh, and the subscription for what you get is the best value. It just seems to me that that has never been really translated at large to the public and communicated as far as the price, the value in an age where inflation is going sky high, you know, other things that's going, you know, sky high. It's people are, are, are having to cut back their expenses. Xbox could really take advantage of the marketplace by providing value and communicating that value out there. But that's just me. That's what I would have done this whole time in the past two, three years. How would you structure Xbox at this point in time? Would you go the multi-platform route, or would you try to go ahead and, again, single yourself out amongst the console makers? You know, Joe, that's a great question, and it, it's 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 a privilege for me to be able to answer that question from a position of not having to make the decision. Right? It, it, it's not on me. So the easy the easy answer for me is I fight it out. Um, and again. Uh, if, if we look back at some of the conversations you and I have had in regards to Sony and, and, and their blocking of the acquisitions and so on and so forth, um, I've been very much a stern believer in these guys have been bullying Microsoft for generations. And I'm not just talking like, I'm not talking about little bully. I'm talking about they've had letters to other, other companies that say, hey, you don't, you don't deal with Microsoft in this way or you don't do Microsoft this way because, you know, X, Y, and Z. Like Sony has shown to be very, very backhanded in there in their tactics and those kind of things don't sit well with me as a person or they don't sit well with me as a consumer. Um, with that being said, had it been my decision, I absolutely would fight. I absolutely would say this is the entire point of us buying these, um, 
these, these game makers is to make games specific to the Xbox brand. If you want to play these games, then you have to buy an Xbox. Um, and even if you don't buy an Xbox, you have to buy a Microsoft-backed product. So if that means a, a flash drive that you know that you can put onto your television, it still has to be Microsoft. Uh, that means if it's um, if they strike a deal to put the, the Game Pass app on televisions, it's still through Microsoft platforms. Um, I am not a fan of non-Microsoft platforms, i.e. PlayStations or Nintendos, being able to have access to Microsoft games. Um, because I kind of think it defeats the purpose. And it, 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 it really does give to the fact that there, there's no going to be a need for a specific console. They're just going to make, I mean, we might as well get rid of Sony's and Xbox's and just make PC console, uh, consoles that are based off PCs um, that don't have a branding that you can play whatever game you want to play on it because that's essentially what Microsoft is almost seeming like they're trying to do. Um, I don't think it's going to be quite that drastic, but the point is I would not be one to allow you to play Microsoft-backed titles on non-Microsoft-backed platforms or software. Um, That's me. But, again, I'm I'm not the one in the hot seat. I'm not the one that has to look at it from the standpoint of if we have the Xbox brand out there more, um, then it's more – and there's more potential people playing games as opposed to less uh, people playing games. Um, I don't look at it that way. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm also, again, I'm not Phil Spencer. I'm not the one in the hot seat making these decisions. So let me ask you this. What do you ultimately see happening? Uh, what You know, I know that Xbox in the future has uh, or is going to schedule a, a I don't know, press conference or just an yeah. uh, update where they will actually specifically lay out their plans here in the not-too-distant future, supposedly. And I, I, I'll have, wait. I'll believe it when I see it is, is what I'll, yeah. what I'll say. Yeah. Uh, so what, you know, Charlie, so what, they, they've got to do, do some damage control at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're, they're taking a beating in, in, in public opinion, um, which is a big deal, especially nowadays when everybody has uh, their dollar being spent is so scrutinized that they really – you don't really want to be the one to, to, to take a public beating like this um, when people have so many different options and where to spend their hard-earned money, right? So I don't think they have a choice. I, I know I've seen something where he said he's going to be addressing it next week or they're going to address it next week. Um, at least I think I read that this week that they're going to address it next week. But where do I see them going? I, I see them honestly going to a point where they're going to start allowing these games to be on different platforms I, I, as much as I would not do so. Um, the writing is on the wall. It's, it's already been made apparent. In their elusive messaging, in their in their way of not answering questions about specifics in regards to Starfield exclusivity, in regards to Indiana Jones exclusivity, in regards to all of the exclusivity for the different platforms or different uh, publishers that they purchase, they, they're very elusive in the way they answer questions. And typically, when you're very elusive, that means obviously that you're, you're, you're doing so with uh, ulterior uh, not motive, motive may not be the right word, or it may be the right word, but you, you're not going to do what the, the public opinion thinks you, says you should do. And that seems to be the case with Xbox as well. So I'm, I'm very interested to see what happens, but I, I would not be shocked. I'd be more shocked if they said, these are exclusives, buy an Xbox. I'd be shocked if they said that. Um, I would not be shocked if they said, we're going to... Uh, open this up to allow other platforms to experience Xbox titles. Um, now, what I also wish that they would do, again, something that PlayStation has done in the past, is they made the titles very, very, very lucrative to play on their platform. So if you wanted the best experience, 
you played certain games on PlayStation, be it Call of Duty maps or, or you know, whatever the case may be. They've all of a sudden made it very, you know, they would make it very lucrative to play games on PlayStation. So I'd like to see Xbox, if you're going to allow these games to be multi-platform or if you're going to allow these games to be played on Nintendos or PlayStations, I, I would hope that they would do something to make the, the, the best experience only possible on the Xbox. Um, I think that's going to be the only way they're going to save any kind of faces and say, okay, yep, we'll let this be multi-platform. Yep, we'll let this happen. We'll let this happen. But if you want the absolute best experience, you're going to play it on an Xbox console. Um, similar to the way when Mass Effect was initially released, it was initially released as an Xbox exclusive. And when Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3 came out, that's when they were allowed opened up to PlayStations. Uh, but you couldn't play Mass Effect 1. That was still an Xbox exclusive. So for you to have the best experience, you had to play it on the Xbox. For you to get the experience, you can play it anywhere. But the best experience was needed to be on the Xbox. I would hope that with Microsoft opening up this, this, this gaming world to other publishers and other developers and other uh, platforms, that they would employ something very similar. But we'll see, man. Xbox has not shown a lot of teeth. They've not shown a lot of fight. They've not shown a lot of pushback. They've kind of just been taking it on the chin with this whole bigger picture in mind and you know again that's great uh, i'm not knocking that approach from the standpoint so so much as i'm knocking this the fact that they're not doing anything to fight back if you're going to take the punch on the chin but you've got a bigger plan at the back end that's that's one thing that's going to ultimately stick it to them that's one thing like i'll lose the battle to win the war i'm okay with that but if i'm losing the battle to ultimately lose the war still well what was the point why, 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 why put us, why put the, the, the gaming community through that? Why put the Xbox fans through that? Why not just say, you know, we're going to just do software or we're just going to, we're going to get out of the whole system business anyways, and just focus on getting the Xbox uh, licensing or Xbox platform games to everywhere regardless. And we're just not going to do the consoles anymore. Like what, what's the point? I guess would be my concern. So we'll, we'll see, Gerald. It's, it's a very confusing time. To be an Xbox fan, it's a very confusing message that that Phil Spencer and his team is putting out, and I'm hoping that they they write this ship sometime really soon because again, the matter of public opinion is driving that hard earned dollar, and uh, with everything else becoming more expensive, yes, Xbox is a value, but if it's a company that you don't believe in, then there's not enough value that's going to keep people coming to it. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos for the latest news and information analysis and opinions on the los angeles lakers and the nba check out the lakers fast break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts once again it is tj johnson along with me gerald glassford thanks so much for watching listening truly appreciate it tj i'll provide some final thoughts on this and that when it comes down to it i think that it's not egregious to me if you wait three and i mean the number three in years mm. i don't mind if there's a a gestation period on xbox before you put it out onto playstation that's not a problem to me it's just the fact that if you put it within a, a short amount of time mm. that's where i have the issue i think when it comes right down to it i don't mind xbox making additional money from its products I just mind that they go ahead and present it as Xbox exclusive first and then 
go ahead and turn around and say, you know what, uh, on second thought, we'll just go ahead and make it multi-platform instead. Yeah, I agree. Nobody likes the bait and switch. Hey, we're going to be exclusive. We're going to be exclusive. And uh, never mind. We're not going to be exclusive. Nobody likes to feel that way. Nobody likes to experience that. And I feel like that's exactly what Microsoft is in the midst of doing. So we'll see. But I tell you what, they need to do damage control really, really quickly because the matter of public opinion is not favorable. Exactly, my friend. Uh, yes, sir. WrestleMania season is here. Oh, uh, yes, it is. Yes, and, it uh, is. Just we don't have enough time the... to talk about that now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, man. Yes. And they just <laughs> finished off here in Vegas the WrestleMania 40 press event, The Rock. And after being named part of the board in real life, part of the board of TKO, supposedly, if the news is correct, not only did he get $30 million in additional shares, not only did he get the full rights to his name, The Rock, but he also may have requested and may have been granted the main event against Roman Reigns. So he comes out last Friday on SmackDown and, uh, you know, excuses himself from Cody Rose. Cody Rose gives his blessing and, you know, kind of gets announced that Roman Reigns and The Rock are going to face head-on-head at WrestleMania. This angers the public at large seemingly to go ahead and put all their weight behind Cody Rhodes, the American nightmare. And in doing so, the vitriol, the things that were said and done, uh, I don't want to go into it. It's the usual thing. Well, actually, I probably will go into it here in a second because that's part of my my uh, thing as far as what ultimately happened. Well, uh, sure enough, a week later, because of the vitriol put out there by the WWE Universe, I want to go ahead and say that that what has happened since then at the press event is somehow Cody Rhodes, uh, instead of, uh, you know, stepping aside now looks like he wants to step back into the main event against Roman Reigns, instead of taking a match against Seth Rollins, that causes a fervor. I guess there's some insults that going back and forth about each other's families. And, you know, cause I always has to go down that road in these promos now leading to an alignment between uh, The Rock and Roman Reigns. The Rock has it was calling, uh, you know, as uh, early as yesterday on the Pat McAfee show, uh, as far as Cody crybabies trying to turn himself heel, heard that there's possibility of the, the WWE passing out, we want Cody signs. And I, I, I just find the mixed messaging and all of this being kind of troubling, kind of weird. I understand a lot of people out there want Cody uh, to be in that main event, and that's no problem as far as the WWE Universe should be concerned. What I have a problem with is just the the f- seemingly forced turn by The Rock into a heel mode. Uh, that, to me, uh, you know, without really that great of an explanation. Uh, and, and so, TJ, I ask you this, my friend. Real life things came into play because his daughter, who is the WWE, uh, I guess, uh, NXT superstar right now, Ava, uh, Jirok's real life daughter had to get off Twitter or social media because of death threats that were made against her in real life because of the fact that Rock interjected himself into this main event. Uh, That to me is uncool, but it seems kind of ironic. I would have, if you're going to turn rock this way, I would have utilized as much as I kind of, you know, don't want to do it, but 30 years ago, 
die rocky die was the thing that allowed rocky to go ahead and become a bad guy which transitioned him into becoming and developing into one of the biggest superstars ever in the industry 30 years flash forward almost 30 years later and you almost have life repeating itself in regards to ava i would have used that as the motivation for this turn and probably would have been organically a lot better your thoughts my friend on this this changing of the guard, this changing of the main event. Uh, right now, it appears as we speak that it's going to be the Roman Reigns and the Cody Rhodes main event. Uh, we don't know where Rock stands as far as WrestleMania 40 as of yet. Your thoughts on this whole kind of, again, as such as Xbox, mixed messaging on what's going to go on with WrestleMania 40. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And I want to be the, the first person to say that I'm not I'm not a fan of nepotism. I'm not a fan of, of using your clouts to get what you want or using your clout to get what you way, uh, get whatever way you want. But I'd be, I'd be lying to you if I said it doesn't happen and it doesn't happen on a regular basis. Um, so rewind. Dwayne Johnson. Yes, Dwayne Johnson. I'm not going to refer to him as The Rock right now. He's Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson becomes part of the board of TKO, and Dwayne Johnson then goes on to inter, inter, intersect, intercede, interject himself. Interject. I like it. Yep. Interject himself into the match at WrestleMania, or interject himself into this thing with Roman Reigns. Now, of course, I think where Dwayne and the rest of the TKO WWE were we're looking they were looking to see how people will respond would they respond to Dwayne pushing himself into that and and respond negatively would they be okay with it being the rock and roll Wayne's? i think that they were really trying to to feel the 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 universe out and they had two ways to go about it so okay if the universe is good with it now it's, it's the rock going to set things straight with roman reigns and and being the head of the table and so on and so forth he was really playing for that and then you turn around and say, okay, what if they react negatively? Now it's The Rock is part of the bloodline, which he is. And with being part of the bloodline, naturally it was going to be easier for him to say, okay, well, if they don't like it, now I'm going to give them a reason not to like it. And I'm going to go back and play in this whole Hollywood heel rock. So I actually think it was a bit of a stroke of a genius, this entire, this entire thing, because it's got my attention and it's got people who don't typically watch wrestling's attention. Um, and then now the wrestling world is bleeding into the rest of sports entertainment. Now you've seen the Pat McAfee show and seeing The Rock being The Rock on Pat McAfee show, not being Dwayne Johnson, being The Rock on Pat McAfee show. So it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting take. I'd like to go into it more, but I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to 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 to, uh, to head out in just a second. But I will say um, that it's got more attention than I would have imagined it would have had, all because of this slight twist. And in that press conference. That press conference was awesome. I know I wish there was some wrestling. I do, but there was definitely some sparks that flew. And The Rock looked like somebody's mafia grandfather. Like, he looked out there with the black tank top and the black slacks and the gold chain. He looked like he was positioning himself to be this this, this grandfathered and head of the table. And if you look at the way he walked off after speaking to Triple H and then Roman Reigns followed behind him, Roman Reigns looked like he kind of just fell right in line behind the rock. I guess I say all that to say, I'm not upset about this right now. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. What I am upset about, and here's where, here's where it, it turns, right, is when 
it starts getting so nasty that people start getting death threats. People start getting safety concerns. It's, it's, this is entertainment. These are people who are putting their bodies on the line just to entertain, just to give a show, just to make us feel something. And I think when we start crossing the line as far as a fan base and start looking at death threats, start looking at giving true vitriol to these characters. Because um, remember, these are characters. These are not these people in the real life. These are characters. So when we start giving that kind of vitriol to these people and not their characters, it becomes problematic. Um, so as excited as I am, I, I do think it's abhorrent that we still have to talk about things like being safe and not being jerks and not giving death threats and, and not treating people in such a way um, that you really really do a disservice to being a fan of that of that brand and being a fan of of, of the wrestling community in general so um i'm excited but i'm also wary of the fact that it, it, it's not going to get any better <laughs> it's not going to get any better but with cody still being able to interject himself into the the main event at wrestlemania because that's his his clause figuring out a way to make that work is going to be fun and I'm, I'm actually excited to see how they play this out so this could potentially be something really, really special if they play their cards right. Once again, it is TJ Johnson. TJ, I know you have to run, but I truly appreciate you stopping by. Any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on out? This is going to be exciting, man. What a road to WrestleMania we're on, and I cannot wait to continue this road with you and everybody here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. You're the best, my friend. Wishing you well. Say hello to the family from me. And uh, thanking you so much for all the time you spent with us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. What is Planet Cool Stuff? It's your ultimate destination for insightful exploration from the realm of pop culture. Delve into the world of movies, video games, toys, cartoons, and visit with one-of-a-kind creators, discover incredible places, and see historical artifacts. Whether it's a toy room tour or exploring the best of pop culture cinema, Planet Cool Stuff has got you covered. Planet Cool Stuff, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. Welcome back. I'm Dom. And I'm Chris. And we're back here with another episode, and we have a special guest. A very special guest. Great to be back, Dom. Uh, our uh, cohort in fantasy football escapades. You may know him by his many successful podcasts. Uh, of course, we're going to start with the one we appear on the most, Inside Sports Fantasy Football. He also hosts the wildly successful Lakers Fast break podcast and series of shows and uh would you say your your baby pop culture cosmos is uh gerald glassford our friend and uh partner in crime when it comes to all things football what's going on guys how you doing i feel like my gosh i feel like i should get like put my feet or in or hands in like cement after that you guys like put me like on some <laughs> type of uh, wall of fame or, or something like that you you are in our eyes. I mean, let, let's face it. You've uh, you gave me a shot when my previous podcast career morphed into a fantasy football show with you, and then you started having Dom on and showed him the tricks of the trade with all the technology, which I'm oblivious about. So we we consider you not only a friend but a mentor. 
Well, thank you. Thank you. You guys are doing a great job. I've enjoyed your show many times. I watched listen to all the episodes. And you guys are doing just a, a fantastic job. And just keep it going, man. Keep it rolling with uh, what's coming up in the, in the world of sports. <laughs> all right. Well, obviously, Gerald, we got the Super Bowl in town for you in Vegas. So I just want to hear your thoughts on the matchup and anything that happened in the uh, AFC and NFC championship games. Well, right now, <laughs> excuse me, right now it's, it's going to be uh, slam-packed with uh, traffic. People already coming in for the Super Bowl here all week long. Um, I know we're excited. Something that we're looking forward to. Got uh, two great teams uh, after coming off of uh, two really competitive games. Uh, got uh, Kansas City. Uh, people just uh, kind of right it started to write them off during the course of the season, but as it got uh, into the playoffs, uh, as uh, our, our good friend uh, Joe Soro says, just never bet against Patrick Mahomes until you see otherwise. And, and uh, he's been playing extremely well. And even though this team isn't as talented as maybe some of their other championship teams, uh, he's been able to will them uh, to convincing victories time and time again. Um, for me, though, I think the story still comes down to it uh, where San Francisco, which San Francisco and which half are you going to get? Because it seems like they can't put or haven't put four quarters together. They haven't needed to. But my God, if they put four quarters together against the Kansas City Chiefs, they are the better team. And it all starts off with Mr. Irrelevant. The best story, I, as I tell you on the show, as far as on the Inside Sports Fantasy Football show, the best story that's out there, Mr. Irrelevant himself, Brock Purdy, if he can be consistent coming out of the huddle and throwing to his receivers, I, I don't see, I really don't see, uh, you know, as far as uh, San Francisco getting beat. But that's just me right now. But again, we can go more into it. But again, Kansas City right now is the betting favorite, or at least close to it here in Vegas, because they're all riding Mahomes. Yeah, definitely agree. I think, like you said, against the Packers and the Lions, they did not put together four quarters. But what worries me is either of those games were completely losable. And I think uh, what Steve Spagnolo, as the Chiefs defensive coordinator, will do is dare Brock Purdy to beat him. I don't know. You know, the first game, they said it was the rain. He couldn't get a grip on the ball. I'm not sure what happened, but let's face it. The Niners got an assist from Dan Campbell and some drop passes, so I don't think there's much margin for error against this Chiefs defense. No, no, there's not. But again, it comes straight down to it. You know, I think that if they're able to go ahead and put four quarters together, I just, I just don't know how San Francisco can't win this. I just, again, if they, if they put those four quarters together. They have not yet been able to do that in the playoffs. I, I just think that's something that – I think they may do it. I think they may do it. I don't think this is a Kansas City team that's as strong as its previous championship efforts. So I think that may uh, may help and bode well for San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, all I have to say is they didn't win the Ravens game because they out-offense them or outplayed them. I mean, the defense certainly played really well, but it was the way they out they out-strategized the Ravens. Honestly, they, they said, we're going to win the first half and we're going to dare you guys to beat us in the second half. And it obviously worked. They're headed back to another Super Bowl. But 
I don't know. This 49ers team is it's pretty tough. And like you said, Gerald, we don't know which version we could get. We could get the version where Christian McCaffrey's getting eight, nine yards of carry. He's unstoppable. Or you could get the version with Brock Purdy and Debo Samuel on the same page. George Kittle is always a threat. Or you could get the one that is just out of sync. And, you know, they've been injury prone all year as well. So you got a banged up George Kittle coming in this game. Debo Samuel's obviously hurt too. I mean, their star players haven't been healthy throughout the whole uh uh, time of this playoff so you really it's really an unpredictable matchup in my eyes uh we'll see what we get out of Mahomes and Kelsey because that's really what carried them to do so well in that first half against the Ravens exactly exactly and I just think right now it's going to be a good game I can't wait to see what we're gonna see as far as the trailers and advertisements the real story behind the big game who cares about the football no, I'm <laughs> and uh you know Taylor Swift the jokes have already started here in Vegas and the advertising in regards to anything relating to Taylor Swift. It's already started here in Las Vegas and uh, just can't wait to, to go ahead and get the game started because I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, you uh, you alluded to my next topic, Gerald, just you know, as a longtime resident up there, what the scene is, maybe how it's going to compare to the wreck that was F1, no pun intended, in uh, in November up there. Uh, first time Vegas is at a Super Bowl. I know, Gerald, you and I still can't believe it. We never thought we'd see this day. And then, too, with, uh, with Taylor, the all-important flight from Tokyo, I'm guessing it'll come in late Saturday night. Will the Swifties be at McCarran looking for her? What's the word there? Well, they're still trying to figure out which airport she can fly into because um, the private airports seem to have all these spaces filled up, supposedly. But this is Taylor Swift. Somebody will find a spot for her. She'll <laughs> yeah, make it I mean, after game. all, she's the woman that controls the economy, so we got to give her some leeway. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, if you already have the Japanese consulate saying that she can make it from Japan to Las Vegas well in time for the game, She'll make. She'll be here. <laughs> yeah, that was amusing. Just, just creating a show like the Grammys on right now. And she's not even doing it. It's just the surrounding of of everybody else making a big deal about it. She just wants to go see her boyfriend and play football. And yeah, yeah. You know, and just again, you know, that's a credit to her success that she's gotten that big to where every single part of her her life is being put under a microscope. Yeah, I mean, she announced a new album tonight. I've already seen enough mm-hmm. of it on social media. So Yeah, my, my daughter almost did a backflip at the Costco gas line. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. My daughter was sitting in an airport flying back to school and uh, had to text us about it. And I said, uh, not only do I know, but your brother's already sick of this album and it hasn't come out yet. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like... Sounds like a sibling rivalry right there, yes. <laughs> Completely. So, Gerald, will you be headed anywhere to check out, like Dom and I, when the Super Bowl was in L.A., went to the NFL Experience, uh, saw where Radio Row was set up? you going to do anything like that, or will you be steering clear of the strip? Well, I've already gotten a lot of people ask me, are you going to the Super Bowl? Uh, I, I tell them, for something like this, if you get me a comp, I'll go. If you, if I, uh, Otherwise, I'm not going to pay for it. It's not worth it. To, to go and, and try and beat the traffic everywhere on the strip, or at least that concentrated area on the strip, ironically, where the Tropicana is going to be torn down here in April uh, to make way for the baseball park, the baseball stadium that absolutely nobody in the city of Las Vegas wants, <laughs> especially with the team nobody in Las Vegas wants and the Oakland A's. So I will say that it's going to be 
pretty much a madhouse right in that that small area and anybody looking to go ahead and do anything with that is just crazy because i mean ces just got finished with it 150,000 people there and there's certain clusters of the strip that just get backed up and i don't know to try and avoid it is probably the smartest move at this point in time i could see that definitely can see that yeah, so but if you throw me some comps my way, I can see what I can do. <laughs> Someday, right? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah, so I was gonna, I was gonna ask Gerald, do you think an NBA team ever gets to Vegas? Because you already got baseball and football now, and I mean, there's a lot of, there's some space for an arena. I'm not gonna say there's a lot, but well, and they, hockey. Oh yeah, there's there's been talk about another arena built uh, down on the other side near Resorts World, where the win is at. Uh, there's plenty of space there. I mean, right now, you can use the T-Mobile Arena. T-Mobile Arena would house, I mean, it has housed already exhibition games for the NBA. I mean, it, you've got that, T-Mobile, the uh, uh, Thomas & Mack, you've got also as well MGM Grand. You've got also as well, uh, uh, of course, everything going on, on on the other side of town as far as, uh, you know, just that whole area. There's several places, I mean, for the WNBA team, they even have a different arena. So, yeah, all these areas on the Las Vegas Strip can house it, but they will, of course, when it, when one is announced, and it will be announced, because that and Seattle, Las Vegas and Seattle, are the next two expansion cities. But the TV deal has to be announced first is what I think they're looking forward to. NBA is going to cash in first on a new TV contract, and then they're going to cash in on two expansion fees for Seattle and Las Vegas. Once they get that done, you should see it announced. And then an a, a arena probably will be made on the other side of uh, Las Vegas Boulevard, mm-hmm. away from the concentrated action that, that there is right now. Yeah, is that uh, – I know there's an empty plot down near where we stayed at that uh, Hilton Vacation Resort a couple times, Dom. Yep. So I'm but wondering – Near uh, the Sahara. Yeah, exactly. It's right across the street. So, yeah, some one of the workers told us that. And, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, sounds, plends- plenty of space there. Mm-hmm. Sounds like it's going to come to fruition, and then you know we could start all the conspiracy theories about LeBron wanting to be an owner, right? Yep. <laughs> Next to and Shaq, they both said yep. they wanted to become an owner. Um, it's yeah, the best space right there next to the world's <laughs> largest gift shop. That's not the world's <laughs> largest gift shop. Um, and then Sahara Hotel, which wasn't the Sahara Hotel, which is the SMS and two other names before it went back to the Sahara Hotel, just like Las Vegas, just to change up things, just to get it back to where. Yeah, people were were familiar with. So yeah, there's plenty of space on the Las Vegas Strip for it. Absolutely, and you know, I, I just is so fascinating how much money is being put into the Strip, and I'm not sure it can support all these things. But a basketball team, I think they could support. Baseball, I'm not sure that this this town wants it, but we'll see. We'll see how much it does. I mean, they absolutely love the Golden Knights. Uh, that's been a great story for us here. And uh, again, uh, with the Formula One, although it got off to a rocky start, there was a big crowd for it. The ratings were solid, and the fact is that it was once the the actual race itself got underway, it was actually a beautiful experience to watch, but very troublesome for the locals here as far as getting around logistics and whatnot. And but yeah, uh, you know, they'll do it if there's enough money. They'll do it. Absolutely. Yeah. I think with the Knights, you know, it was an expansion team. That was Vegas's first real team. It wasn't like they moved from somewhere else. Even with the Raiders, I mean, well, there are a lot of 
Oakland and LA, you know, Bay Area and LA transplants that live in Vegas and you get people from those cities coming. So they'll always have a crowd for that. But I think the NBA would work there. But um, again, big picture. It's just amazing to me how these leagues ran from not only gambling, but from Vegas. Vegas was basically, you know, Hades to the Goodells and uh, once upon a time, David Stearns of the world. And, and now everyone's embracing it. So it's just, it's fascinating to me. It is. It is. Absolutely. So one final football question for you, Gerald. You mm-hmm. won our fantasy football league. This is your time to take a victory lap. You know, we faced off in the playoffs previously. We uh, lost in the semis. We were hoping to face you in the championship. Couldn't do it. So congrats to you. But what did you think you know, stood out fantasy-wise this season to you? I know we talk a lot about it on Inside Sports Fantasy Football, but uh, we're not the champions, so we've got to defer to you on this topic. Well, again, I was fortunate to get where I was at. There were several times this season where I thought I was going to be out of the mix. In fact, I was leading coming into the final games of the season. I was out of the mix in sixth, seventh place in the, you know, I had started out okay, got up to uh, actually first or second, fell down to sixth or seventh because I went on a losing streak. I had a lot of injuries. It's how you handle injuries. I think that was the key. And I was able to handle it. Uh, with some decent uh, pickups off the waiver wire, got lucky there. But yeah, just absolutely, it's all about timing and who you can get. Waiver wire, that's the key, <laughs> especially when you got your injuries. It's just a walking wounded late. Had, season, had a right? ton of injuries at the running back position. Absolutely. I only had, at times, one halfway decent running back starting on any given game late in the season. That was that. I still don't know to this day how I was able to go ahead and get the job done. It says a lot about fantasy where it's not that you have to have a superstar running back like when we first started playing many years ago, but someone who just plays and gets you points, right? Like there's no, some of these teams don't even have a clear number one. We were, we were going with Devin Singletary down the stretch, and he was putting up big numbers for us. Who, before the season, thought he was going to be the Texans starter? Exactly. So, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's all about timing and just staying on your teams, staying as far as trying to do tw- tweaks, whatever you can to try and go ahead and keep uh, your team involved and, and stay with it. Uh, because if you don't, somebody else will jump on that misfortune or that that neglecting of your team and be able to jump on it with their team and get their team better and and be able to get the job done we may be headed to the replay booth but we'll be right back with inside sports fantasy football for the latest news and information analysis and opinions on the los angeles lakers and the nba check out the lakers fast break podcast today on wherever you get your podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cool. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Cannot thank you enough for joining us. It is Gerald Glassford. I was hoping also to get on my good friend Chris Sardieri for the Domination Sports Nation so he could talk some football on today's show. 
because I know that the Super Bowl here in Las Vegas, I just drove by the stadium again. And uh, yes, to Kurt Affair's question, I did drive by the Hustler Bar again. No, did not go inside and see any Swifties. I was driving too fast on the I-15 to do that. But yes, it is uh, getting prepared. Traffic is a little bit heavier. Uh, you could tell that that people are starting to matriculate into Las Vegas for the big game. So definitely looking forward to seeing it. I'm going to go. I know that there's a Paramount display. So I was asked to go this weekend to go check it out. Uh, it's probably the closest I'll get or what I did today in driving by the uh, Allegiant Stadium for the Super Bowl. But um, Darvin Ham says you should change the title to Gerald Soro. No, it's it's usually Joe's show. So he has gotten drunk on the show before. So I'll allow him to do it. Uh, Sean says, Joe has a business. I thought he was paid to drink. <laughs> he was paid well the other night by Intel and Darren. So uh, it was greatly appreciated, by the way, when he did that. Bloodhound says, Gerald, you hear about the guy who illegally climbed the sphere? Yeah, I saw the footage. Um, he has done this before with other buildings around the world, including Las Vegas. And uh, he was, he knows the deal. He knows he's going to get arrested. So he got arrested. And, uh, you know, obviously he has a good lawyer or, you know, good way to bail himself pretty, you know, out pretty easily and pays the fines and, you know, does this all the time. So this is something he's quite used to. I love the spear. Uh, you know what? I know that that it it's, might be a, a money loser, you know, for James Dolan, but I absolutely love the spear. I think it's fantastic. Our entire family just absolutely loves the sphere. We can see it. You can see it from almost anywhere in Las Vegas, and it is absolutely a fantastic thing. I think it's just brilliant. But, of course, again, it is a money loser, first and foremost. Remember, they were planning a larger one, an even larger one in London, and have scrapped plans for doing that as of this time. Gerald, what's Darren talking about an elevator? I don't know what uh, you're referring to about an elevator. Uh, in regards to that, I'm looking on uh, on that. I don't know what you, what you're talking about. Are you talking about on the wagon, uh, cool bro? Because if it's you talk about the wagon, that's just on and off the wagon means off the wagon means you're back uh, at, at you know drinking like an alcoholic again. So evaluate, ah, evaluate. Okay, all right. But there you go. That's the word he was trying to say, cool bro. Evaluate, not elevator. Uh, Bloodhound said it looks like the Death Star. That's the only thing people have been asking for that they haven't done yet. So I'm assuming Disney, if they do get their act together as far as wanting to use it as a PR, because that's how they make a lot of their money, everyone. They they put advertisements and make it like a round billboard at times, just putting advertisements on it. And one of the ways they do that, uh, you know, hopefully down the road is make it into a Death Star. I think they haven't put it yet. And I know a lot of people have been asking for it is because the fact that they, because of course, Lucasfilm a copyright. But I have a feeling when that Star Wars movie comes out, hopefully by the end of next year, you'll probably see some, you know. So here he is, the man himself. Uh, again, he is here, uh, Do you know, finish doing blades things it is joe sorrow no joe. no i got i got some good news okay i got some okay. really good news guess who's coming to vegas who this is weekend. coming you you've got tickets for the game no 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 i got I thought you bigger. hated vegas i got something bigger okay and it revolves right. around the corrupt game okay absolutely yes. that's so gerald 
You're going to see me finally in the flesh here in a oh couple days. Oh, my dear God. <laughs> you know, I am a Roman Catholic, but I'm usually not that devout. But this time, I will be devout now. Lord, please help me. <laughs> Folks, yes. some things are coming here. And they're getting very close. And you're going to be able to say one day that you were at the beginning of this. So feel privileged at this moment. Jeeves, are you saying like a priest, like in, you know, the power, let the power of Christ compel you. The yeah. power of Christ compels you. I wouldn't say I'm going to be spitting vomit and uh, turning my head, you know, 360. But okay. <laughs> I mean, I was pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, one of the, the funniest sound for me in, in the world is a, is a screaming cat. Oh my gosh. That's funny. <laughs> Not hurting a cat. I don't hurt animals like that, but just a screeching cat just it cracks me up every time I hear it. <laughs> well, I was hoping our good friend uh, Chris Sardieri would join us, but I don't think he's been able to. I don't think he's seen it uh, as far as. Well, is he in New York? No, Chris Sardieri. No, no, he was. I thought he was here. He said he, said he was going to join us. Yeah, he's, okay. he, he lives near you. He lives oh, really? uh, in your in your. Uh, this is San Diego, you. right? I, near there, I think he does huh. live near there. But uh, I do want to go ahead and and talk a little bit about the Super Bowl, if I can, my friend. Uh, sure. It is coming up, the big game here on Sunday. You and I have talked a lot about it, but I know to refresh people's memories out there, I want to hear your thoughts about you know why you think Mahomes is just that guy. You know, this is his chance to, like you say, get into that rarefied air. And I agree with you. I agree with you that, you know, the San Francisco 49ers have to beat him more than he needs to beat the 49ers. I'm going to use some examples of, let's say, Tom Brady Super Bowls, right? So the two Super Bowls that Brady lost against the Giants were due to the fact that he didn't ever in any series not feel like he was he comfortable for four quarters. It made a huge difference. If at any point in that game, the Giants weren't aggressive and just kind of uh, determined to get to him and were getting close and close and close, no matter what it was, they were just there all the time. Brady likely wins those Super Bowls without a problem. Now, the problem with Patrick Mahomes is – He's mobile, so you're screwed that way too. So what do you do when you pressure Patrick Mahomes? We saw it in the Tampa Bay Super Bowl. The problem with that Super Bowl for Kansas City was half their offensive line was out from the AFC Championship game. So he didn't have any chance of doing anything. He was basically running for his life, and he was injured. So now you're telling me a freak of nature, which is what Patrick Mahomes is, uh, who's who just slayed the best team in the NFL, which is just, you know, always suspect on that comment, especially with Lamar Jackson as a quarterback, despite him winning his second MVP, which kind of starts showing how valid the MVPs were this year. This is the worst award. These were the worst awards I've ever seen in the NFL by far. Um, I don't know what it was about the NFL wanting to give every award to the Cleveland Browns. Who the hell ran these campaigns? This is like Oscar-like campaigns. Stefanski is the coach of the year. Campbell should have been coach of the year. 
Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett, one sack, Miles Garrett, the last six games over TJ Watt, who beat him in every statistical freaking category that a lamp that an outsider that an edge guy could have. And the fact that anytime he doesn't play, the Lake the Steelers lose because he's that valuable. How do you give it to Miles Garrett? So, anyways, Patrick Mahomes loses Ty Hill. He has third-rate receivers. And you have Travis Kelsey, who's starting to decline. Still great, because that's what great players do. They can still muster a couple of games, which he has in the playoffs. But this guy in the Baltimore game, in the AFC title game, if you noticed, didn't risk the entire game. And he was still formidable. That's a scary player. It's a scary player. He waited and he waited and he waited. The game plan was great because they knew, they knew that Lamar Jackson can't throw vertical in big games consistently. It wasn't all his fault that they lost, but he he can't just go back there and just for three or four series, maybe one series, if you're lucky too. But he's not that guy that can do three, four, five times like Patrick Mahomes is. Mahomes does. And that was the the eventual result is, is what you saw. So now you have the San Francisco 49ers who have actually struggled the last two games. But despite their struggles, we're able to get enough offense to, to, to combat it. You can't play defense the way they played the last two weeks against Kansas City and Mahomes. If you do, the Kansas City Chiefs will blow out the Niners and they will not come back. So ball control and uh, honestly – uh, Nick Bosa has to be the MVP of this game. If Nick Bosa is the MVP of this game, they're going to win this. They're going to win the Super Bowl because that would mean he's in Patrick Mahomes' pocket the whole game. He's going to need a Von Miller Super Bowl Fifty kind of performance. That's a good question, Cole Bro. What is a good movie we don't want him watching? Well, he was talking about Raging Bull. I was telling him you need to, he needs to talk to his parents because of the domestic violence issues in that film. That's a good question. You already saw Scarface. That's as bad as it gets for a 15-year-old. Yeah. That's not a NC-17 type. No. That's that's probably what And I'm been. not going to mention any movies because then you're going to go look at them and want to watch yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Let's not let's not perpetuate. Let's not get his parents mad. I, last thing I want is an angry email from your parents, bro. Yeah, and see, the thing is, uh, Bloodhound, he does have good defense, right? So that's that's the funny part about this is this is the best the Chiefs' defense in the Mahomes era it has been, right? And really, it's very difficult to field a team with depth when you're paying your star player 50, 60 million a year. It's very difficult. So you got to get lucky. You got to have a little luck in terms of getting your certain draft picks that are formidable, that are going to be effective in their first four years of their rookie contract type things. And then if you can pick up a, a free agent that still has a lot left in them that can make a difference, that also helps too. Uh, but at this point, Patrick Mahomes already sealed his Hall of Fame first ballot Hall of Fame position last year. If he wins tonight or Sunday night, he will have won back-to-back Super Bowls. He will have won three Super Bowls in seven years of playing as a starter. He will have been to four Super Bowls in seven years. He is then now starting to creep up into the top three all time. He's in the top three. It's Brady, 
Montana and Patrick Holmes. Do you think he can eventually top, supersede Brady? It's going to be hard, man. Seven Super Bowls is really hard. Because I think there's a possibility, it's small, there's a small possibility that Andy Reid retires after this year. I would like to think that Andy Reid probably retires if they lose. If they win, they convince him to come back to see if they can do a three-peat. 